Welcome, welcome to another episode Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always by Urbana's finest, Kevin Ducey. Long time no see, my brother. What's happening? You know, hey, man, the Christmas holidays, uh, obviously... The prime rib tasted a little better. The ham was a little the ham was a little juicier yesterday. The mashed potatoes were just fantastic because we served an epic beatdown to those sorry ass Missouri Tigers <laughs> on Friday night. I was there. I took my 10-year-old daughter. Uh quick little story here. When I was 10, my dad asked me what what I wanted for my birthday. And I said I wanted to go to a road Illinois game. And uh, that was the Indiana game, and that was – so that was uh, March, what, March 3rd, 1989, March 5th, when yep. Nick Anderson hit the shot. It was an awesome memory I have with my dad. And so this year I decided – now this is more a present for me than for her, but she had a great time. I decided I was going to take my 10-year-old – she just turned 10 last week – to uh, the Bragging Rights game. And one of, the, one of the epic memories I have of the Bragging Rights game is uh, when she was born – uh, we played Missouri December 21st of 2013. So she was actually in the hospital for two days. She was in NICU after she was born. She had a little something, something going on. And uh, me and my brother-in-law, her uncle, watched Tracy Abrams sink those free throws in 2013 for us to beat them 65-64. And so, I mean, this, the, the game is always just special to me. Uh, uh, you know, it's one of my earliest memories watching Illinois play there. And for us to come out and basically do what, what they did to us last year, we did back to them. And so that's two. And, I, and I, I'm a little sick of hearing this is because I think a lot of people forget about what happened in 2021 when we beat the ever loving dog piss out of them. Uh, yeah, RJ Kofi, Melinda, uh, Kofi, Kofi literally made Mizzou his bitch. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And dude, Trent went on a run between the first and the second half where he hit like four straight threes. We were up 37 in that game with seven minutes to go. Uh, so I think it's it's mired a little bit that, yeah, they had won four or five. They'd won three in a row coming into that game. Uh, but I think people forget that we – this is two out of three that we put a beatdown on them. And uh, while I certainly enjoy the beatdown and I'll always go that way, I do look forward to the games. And I think Dennis Gates is probably the guy that will get Missouri back to that level where this is ranked on ranked. It's a primetime slot. It's the networks begging for the attention. But all said and done, as Illinois came out with a vengeance in that game, the guys played with a lot of fire, and we we beat the crap out of them. And now we're 11th in the poll. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it doesn't really matter right now. It's just, yeah. you know, you're still staying in that relevance here. I listen to a lot of the national podcasts, the national media. Uh, I own college basketball. Gary uh, Gary Parrish has us at five in his top 25 and one. Rothstein's got us in the top 10. Uh, Douster and those guys on the field at 68 – talked about a present that they could get give every team and we were included they, they were including the top teams in college basketball so like they're talking about us you know sleepers is, is glowing about us i mean you know we've had a little beef with those guys but you ought to hear those like carter and greg the way they talk about illinois right now is glowing and it's deservedly so all the metrics show this this is a really good basketball team we won the other night by 20 something points and outside of Coleman Hawkins and Quincy Garrier, the team didn't shoot very well from three. I think we were 11 for 33 from three. Those two were eight for 13. Uh, Damask went 0 for 7, you know. I mean, so it's just – I think – that, and, and it's not like Damask is taking bad threes. He's taking in-rhythm threes. This team still can get better. But I think where this team is at is, is something that's repeatable. It's not a fluke. They're very comfortable with one another, and I'm really excited, so. 
Yeah, hey, and uh, anybody who's watching on uh, X, Twitter, uh, I believe you guys can join the chat now. So if you guys want to leave a comment, which we appreciate everybody following along on YouTube and X. Yeah, please subscribe if you haven't subscribed on YouTube. Get on that subscription, man. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. And anywhere you guys listen on, on your podcast, remember, this is a live stream podcast. So we appreciate everybody on Twitter. If you guys, I think if you mention on the chat, it should show up here. So anyway, uh, we appreciate you there. Um, but anyway, so like you said, um, everybody, I mean, the thing is about Illinois, the metrics is what I look at. They're a top 10 yes. in every metric. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Looks like your, the Twitter comments are finally showing. So that'll be fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, so top 10 metrics and here's an example of why really the AP poll doesn't matter to me for, for many people. Um, if you look at it, there's guys who didn't even vote for Illinois in the top 25. Luke, who, whatever. Who name was like, what are you doing, dude? Like that, like to me, that shows you not watching many. Luke DeCock. Luke DeCock. Yeah. And is and is. Yeah, I think Luke's been doing shooting. more. Luke's been definitely doing something to the cock. I don't know, but what? But he's uh, anyway. <laughs> the fact that you haven't been, you don't vote Illinois in the top 25. Uh, is pretty pathetic. So, moving along, no, I don't. We don't have any beef with any other podcasts anymore. I think we've stood up for what we do. They and, and, and to be honestly, I have no reason to think why the sleepers would be down on Illinois. I mean, if you look at no. their metrics, if you look how they're playing, you only a blind person would be down on Illinois right now. Just just keeping it real. Uh, and it's and, and Ryan, let's let's harken back. Like I mean, we could go back a year ago b b behind the Missouri game, right? We had we had wins over Texas and UCLA. So arguably, last year we had two better wins this year than, than this year. Maybe one you could argue FAU versus Texas versus UCLA, whatever. Last year, um, but the difference was is like Terrence hit eight threes to beat UCLA. Uh, I think. Uh, Matt Meyer was five of five in the first half against Texas from three. Like we needed, we needed a guy to come off the bench and sincere Harris and frankly change the game. We haven't now, now granted Damask had a great game against FAU in that game that we won, but what was he hit one shot where you're like, Oh, okay. The rest of them, he was getting to positions on the floor. The team was giving him the availability to get to where he needs to get on the floor. And we could talk about this a little bit more is maybe why Dane isn't playing as much because when Dane can't really do much beyond five to 10 feet from the basket. And when Dane gets his ball at five to 10 feet to the basket, he is a phenomenal option. But that takes away from Terrence getting to a spot at five to 10 feet, Damask getting to five to 10 feet, Rogers five to 10 feet. Coleman five to ten. He takes away that little. You can't put two guys in that clustered of a spot, and so he's just not fitting right now. And I, I say that because I really believe in what Dane does. I mean, the guy had twenty two points against Michigan State last year. I think we'll still have a Dane game coming. We just haven't seen it yet. In the Missouri game and the pace of that game certainly wasn't it. But, uh, but what we're doing, what we're doing, is replicable. Is my point. Yeah, and I'm going to try to interject some questions from fans on here to, you know, that's I think that's creating some more flow of people questions. Not to interrupt you, but no, I, all good, man. I can no, talk all that. I haven't uh, heard a new update other than you know he's progressing. I think I don't think they're trying to push it right now. And uh, I had heard that they initially wanted the Mizzou game, but uh, obviously it's heading. We're heading into January. Still has the boot on. So, I mean, at this point. If you don't need to rush him back with how the team's playing, 
I mean, it is what it is. I think this dude's going to be an integral part of the team going forward, especially next season. He's a guy that I know would have gotten minutes if he's healthy. But, I mean, as of right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing in the next couple weeks. I think I, I, I think it's something we have to weigh. Uh, and I don't know I don't know how Luke feels about it. I don't know how Brad feels about it. But, I mean, if, are, are we going to look back after next season when Luke Goody graduates and say, man, we could have got one more year out of the guy instead of those – five games at the end of the season or whatever. Yeah. When, when, yeah. He helped us in the tournament game, but we lost. He helped us down the stretch, but that still was a tournament team with yeah. or without him. Just what was our scene? I know and he, we weren't Luke, going anywhere. I mean, Luke, I would rather have a fifth year goodie, right? Yeah. Luke regrets coming back last year. That's just, I know he does uh, only because of his eligibility. He lost. He doesn't regret coming back because he was there for his brothers. Yep. Absolutely. So he did the right thing for his brotherhood, but at the end of the day, you know, I think his his well-being of his career should have really been looked at a little bit more than that. Um, again, we appreciate everybody tuning in from X. You guys are feel free to jump in the chat, and we'll try to answer some questions as we go along. Now, just to top off the bragging rights beatdown, um, yes, I've watched it a few times myself. I saw in the chat we had some people who watched it four times just to enjoy it. You know, I've definitely watched it twice. I'm thinking about watching it one more time just because I want to get that. I hate this time of year because we have to wait eight, nine days between games, you know. And We're done with that. We're done with that after Friday, though. So Yeah, and then it jumps into the, the fun, the nitty-gritty, which we're going to get into here in a minute with uh, Big Ten hitting you full circle next week. Uh, but to me, uh, the beatdown of, I think, was necessary, I think, after what happened last year, there was no way in hell guys like Coleman Hawkins and Shannon and even Ty Rogers and Dane Danger who played in the game. There's no way you could leave that taste in your mouth to, to finish a career off for like Coleman or Shannon. And I think Shannon left an impression that I don't think anybody will ever forget. You know, let's 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 just give the man his flowers, too, because what we saw from him, 30, 11 and four and three and two, right? <laughs> two, three steals, two blocks. Four assists, right? 11 boards, 30 points. You don't just see stat lines like that all the time, you know? No, so. and, and it's like the pure effort hustle. I mean, we're, we're up by 22, I think, when he made the the steal. Uh, from He stole the ball from Honor. He tracked him down from behind. He makes the steal. He, he Once again, second time he's done this in just like the last two games, reestablishes himself in the quarter play advances the ball and then beats everybody down floor for a layup and then immediately catch gets another bucket like his effort like that was Missouri had, had cut it to 17 I think we pushed it back ahead to 20 or 22 and then that was like this like screw this nail in the coffin guy um Terrence Shannon for a guy who's only going to play here for two years is really like and this is why we've got to get a tournament run with this team right because he deserves he deserves like you just you said he deserves all the flowers all the effort he puts into it for a two-year guy he's going to go into a lore with guys like kenny battle and nick anderson and frank william frank might have played three years um you know I, I mean we have guys we love that only played two years like andres felice but andres felice wasn't like wasn't even making all big 10 teams this guy's a first team all-american Terrence is doing things in two years that are just going to be so remarkable. He's going to be a thousand point scorer at Illinois. It's just phenomenal what he's doing. I just, I, I, yeah. And he's the lockdown defender. I mean, I had somebody arguing with me that, that Tyson Walker is a better defender on Twitter last week. I'm like, you've lost your freaking mind. Cause Terrence is going to guard Tyson Walker when they play. Uh, and he's going to turn his water off. I can promise yes. you that. Uh, 
So that's one thing I want to jump into. I think that's a fun topic to discuss. I think Terrence Shannon Jr. has earned his own five-minute slot here. Uh, definitely, to me, the best two-way player in the country. Brett Underwood feels the same. Uh, and and that's not just to say, oh, well, he can play good defense. No, he's always guarding the other team's best player. So he's also given 110% on the defensive end, and he's expected to do the same offensively. Nobody else in the country is doing that. There's, you know, o- there's only one guy in the argument for, for best two-way player in the country with Terrence, and it's Zach Eady. And it's because – but now, granted, Eady's not guarding their best player, but – I hate I hate it when, when fans say this because listen I'm not a Zach Eady fan I'm I'm a fan of the person because I think Zach Eady is a really good dude he plays for Purdue so I have to kind of not like him but when you stop stop and say Zach Eady is just big you're so wrong so wrong there's lots of seven foot four uh, Connor Vanover for Missouri seven foot five what did he do the other night yeah Nothing. what was what what difference did he make you know yeah right. But Zach Eady does make such a big difference on the defensive end, and a lot of that is because of his size, but it's also because his lateral movement. Um, but you're right. The difference is that he's not tasked with guarding the team's best player, whether that guy's a 6'7 slash and wing or a 6'1 guard like he's going to have to guard Tyson Walker when we play Michigan State or Boo Booey here. You know? yeah. And that that's the biggest difference. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I look at Illinois, right, and we look at the year that Io DeSumo had, and it was – in other years, he'd have been national player of the year. Because of uh, Luca Garza, right? Yeah. Yep. You look and we at got the, that, and then we're gonna have that with Zach Eady again. Yeah. Right. And it's it's tough, but I really think that Terrence is right now. I bet you, I mean I listened to a couple podcasts. He was he was on everybody's first team all American. I bet you he's probably number two in player of the year voting if it was held today. And Terrence Shannon Terrence Shannon Kev is earning himself a jersey in the rafters here after this season. Yep. Which, is, which is crazy, and people are like, I know that the Twitter verse, and I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm done with the pod Zimski baloney. I just, the, the, the that kudos seems, to Brandon, kudos, kudos to Brandon, what he did for himself. Yeah, like that's Fine. the thing too. It's like, I, I get into it because people want to argue about it and debate it. And as, as I said, the most important thing for Brad Underwood, just for Brad, for anybody watching this, Brad Underwood gets paid what he does to win college ball games. It's not to make sure all the freshmen are developed so they can be NBA players. Okay, I just want everybody to know that. He is paid to coach and win at the collegiate level. It doesn't matter if there's so much talent as a freshman that may be a better NBA player. want to make that clear. Now, back to TSJ. That's why he is the best two-play player, in my opinion, and he is on his way to having his jersey up there with Io. And I'm not sure why they haven't had a Kofi Coburn ceremony yet because – he, he was an All-American. I'm just waiting I on it. they did last year. Did they know? No. He just came back for – he was supposed to come back for like to get – he came back to get his ring. Okay. They, they never hung his jersey up in the, the rafters. So, Big Ten Player of the Year, first or second team All-American gets your jersey in the rafters. And he was a first and second team All-American two years ago. Uh, TSJ's on that path right now. But to, anyway – what makes me excited about this team, and I was wishing, you know, there would be a, a game a lot sooner, is just the ball movement, Kevin. When's the last time we saw a team pass the ball like this? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and it's one of those things like our assist numbers are down, but if you watch the game, it's not because they're not sharing the ball. They do move the ball, and then they get guys in position to take advantage of matchups. Like the, the driving lanes for Terrence aren't always on 
run outs. I mean, we get we get we get hard driving lanes for him in the half court, and it's because the ball moves. But when he puts the ball on the floor two to three times, that takes away from assist. Same with the mass. Same with, with a lot of things. So, I mean, this game was was nice because we did have the seventeen assists. But the ball movement is phenomenal. The ball does not really stop. We seem to find the open guy. And goodness gracious, man. Like, Luke Goody, one for four. Maybe one of those is an iffy shot. Like, Damask, 0 for seven. Not one of those was an iffy shot. Not one. Every you single one of those, he was wide open. That's how scary is that? Because let's be honest. The, what we saw against FAU, F, I think Damask is somewhere in the middle between how he's shooting now and how he shot that game. He was only Which, two of six from three that game, though, too. I mean, he's no, a third, but what I'm saying is like he, he still missed some 10, 15 footers against Missouri. He should have made he did, yeah. So, but w- think about this all you're needing if we can get Damas to shoot 33% from three, think about how many threes Illinois is making. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. against t- Tennessee, he was off from deep against Colgate and against uh, against Mizzou. So think about how good Illinois can be if, if Damask is hitting these open shots because the fact that Quincy Guerrier uh, is doing what he's doing to me just leaves the door open for Damask to continue to get what he wants in the post. That's what's going to be – that's what I like to see. And because, Coleman and Terrence. And like, yeah. So, like, you got one guy when, we're our, when our starting five's on the floor that you really don't have to worry about from three – and that guy's not really controlling the ball in the half court, and that's that's Ty. But what he's also doing is Ty is is finding lanes and, and getting. He had six offensive rebounds the other night. He is making all the hustle plays. And so what you know about this team is they're going to guard, right? And 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 so it, it, what I, I I had some buddies say, isn't it nice that we can have you know three four guys go for fifteen to twenty points in a single game? And I said, hold on a second. If Luke Goody had fifteen points, and they're talking about our four starters other than Rogers. I said, if Luke Goody had 15 points tomorrow night, would you be surprised? And I'm like, no. Uh, Dane Dangerous had 22 in a, in a Big Ten game. Like, uh, Justin Harmon had 31 in an NIT Final Four. Like, so where this team last year and in years past really struggled, we went through long stretches of not being able to score. We've kind of removed that. And you know this team's going to guard. So this team is a legit top 12 college basketball team right now. And barring injuries, I don't see anything that changes that for the betterment of the season. Now, I know our guy, Ant Wright, said he sees Illinois losing to some weird teams in the season. I think we're too grown for that. I think we're too old. Um, but it'll be interesting. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in just a, a little over a week when we play Purdue at Purdue. And it'll be interesting to see what our defense is. We gave them all they wanted last year, but we're a very different team. Yeah, I, I would think, too, this year the, the actual – Correct, and actually guys making shots is a lot more than it was last year, too. Yep. You remember, R.J. Melendez was depended on, and he still hasn't made many threes. He's, he's really struggling at Georgia, too. Yeah, so Yeah, he, yeah, he's still in that funk. And, and and Brad just kept letting him shoot him. You know, it looks like uh, – and Quincy Guerrero looks like a pro to me right now. I mean, I don't hmm. know about – I don't know about getting drafted, per se, but – it, it, it is if, if you take the sample size of his last three games, that's an NBA player, right? That's a guy who's shooting 40% from three in yeah. those last three games plus. He's probably shooting better than that. He has the uh, here's the thing. Like this was so indicative, right? We want to we, we talk about the fact we hung 97 on Missouri, but what changed that game is Missouri had what 25 at half, 24 at half. And I was sitting on the I was sitting about about the free throw line on Missouri's side of the ball in the first half. 
our switching, like, dude, they would get Nick Honor on Luke Goody. And Nick Honor's a five foot ten guard. Granted, he's a little hefty. He couldn't take Luke. They would get they would get East on Gary A, and he wasn't going anywhere. So that possibility of Quincy Guerrier being a three and D guy is very our defense is really, really, really solid in the half court. And the way our offense will continue to improve is when we get stops. When we get stops in the half court, that means we can get runouts and we can go, and we're as good as any team in the nation downhill. I can tell you this too. I I enjoy watching the team. Uh, crash the boards and switch and then getting TSJ in transition. But we're getting guys, not just uh, Terrence in transition. You're seeing the whole team try to go down and try to get the rebound off a miss. You know, I think this is just a team that's well-connected. And let me tell you something. Any team that's going to be FAU this year, you better be connected. Because I don't think there's a more connected team than FAU if we watched them over the weekend. That was so impressive to watch them beat Arizona. Yeah, so I mean, I, seriously, I think I don't think I could be more impressed. With they got the shot makers everywhere. Yeah, and, and you're like, how did Illinois beat them? Well, it's pretty simple. When you get two guys go for a 35 piece, I think that's that's why, <laughs> because we needed Illinois needed both of those guys to, to get them 30, and they did. And that's what's scary about this Illinois team is on any given night. As Kevin said, Illinois can grab you a couple guys that are going to get you 20, could get you 30, and there could be four guys or five guys that could get you 15. And yep. I think what I really like to see too is this was – how about Amani Hansberry just doing his job? You know just what I mean? getting in there and just, you know, just mucking it up. He's tougher than a $2 steak, man. Yeah, like I'm thinking if you could take just a two-minute sample size of what a freshman who may not have all the intangibles now – who may not can't isn't the guy right now, but you're gonna go in there and you be productive. Go watch Imani Hansberry three or four minutes against Missouri. He got in there, was nasty, grabbed some boards, was getting slapped, just did his job. Back. Yeah, defensively, just get off me. You got and hit the outlet. He wasn't worried, yeah. didn't 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 make any mistakes, really. So no, he he he's he's a freshman that plays like he's grown, right? And I, and it's so much easier for for a for a big to do it, right? Yeah, um, it's much harder for a guy like DGL because he's more ball dependent, right? He's more ball in hand dependent, and so that's a little bit easier. But you know, you saw some flash, like you could see things with DGL. Like everybody's excited about AJ Red hitting that little uh, yeah. shake and bake scoop. Guys, that ball comes off the front of the rim. Sports Center top ten two hand put back dunk for our guy DGL. Like he was right there, dude. It was so oh man, and I'm really glad Red made the shot. I'm happy for him, but man, it was it was really it was really close when he was going about to get a poke. So yeah, and, and the thing is too, and I wasn't making my Hansberry comment to. No, talk. I'm just sorry. I'm just adding on to it a little bit. Oh no, yeah, DGL's. Listen, let's not forget DGL's already had his game that we discussed. Without him against Eastern Illinois, we may not have scored 55. I'm just being right. honest. Don't you remember that the first game of the year, folks? Yeah, yeah. He was the star of the game. Like he had 18, right? Yeah, he had 18. Nobody was doing anything. I mean, yeah. you know, it was like I think Eastern was winning in the second half. You know, like so there's more of that to come, but he's shown you what he can do already. I think he just knows. I know he's hard on himself, as I said before. He doesn't feel like he doesn't like letting his guys down. And to me, he hasn't let anybody down. Those minutes he's getting are good for him. And I know he's not going to take it as, as as a negative or he's in the doghouse or he's going to try to transfer. I think he knows he's learning and growing under fourth and fifth year guys and at least a couple pros too. So, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think some some of the things that have happened with this team is with with and it's year three in a row in the Underwood area or what, most of the years in the Underwood area where we've brought in a lot of guys, a lot of faces. So so teams and, and this is a little bit different because guys are older. We brought in a lot of older faces this year, but guys try to find themselves and feel themselves out. And we saw that early on when we didn't get up to big leads against say teams like Eastern and Southern and like, uh, you know, some other teams where we were struggling maybe in the first half with these teams and everybody's like, what's up with our slow starts, you know? And what, what that does for you is that it it takes away the ability for a a Brad Underwood to play DGL a lot of minutes, you know, Valpo, we struggled in the first half. Um, what Oakland we struggle Oakland we struggle the whole dang game like yeah it, it's up to the guys now like I mean there's a lot and, and I, I said this in one of the recent games where we allowed a little bit of a comeback like it's up to the guys Friday night like if you like you want to see growth from your teammate get up by 25 on Fairleigh Dickinson get up by 30 in the second half so you can get let a guy like DGL come into play and granted he probably should have got some more run in the Missouri game, but they cut it to they cut it to 17 with like 12 minutes to go, and that's where it kind of like got iffy, and then we then we stretched it out, and then we got the end of the game garbage minutes. But you know, and I also think Brad wanted to, I think Brad wanted to hammer them a little bit. Oh but, yeah, but yeah. we didn't, but because we didn't take care of business like that with a lot of teams early on, and we were trying to find our rhythm, we didn't get a chance to like thump them. So yes, Chris, there are tickets for Friday night, 100. percent and uh, Jr., what's up? Appreciate you watching, uh, my man. Couple, gay, couple of gays. We're drinking some Smitch Gay here, huh? Yeah, I was about to say Schmitz Gays. Does he mean to say that? <laughs> Stu Cyclops, my guy. You know, you already know. Just hit me up when you're coming uh, to the game, and you know we'll meet up. Um, and so, with that said, I think we both agree: Terrence Shannon Jr., best two-way player in the country. Now, he off a lot of different stuff there, but we wanted to give him his flowers. Absolutely right. If anybody hasn't seen what Illinois basketball did on him about two weeks ago, you got to watch that little nine minute video. It's incredible the work that Terrence puts in, and he is such a good dude. And Chris, I just looked it up on Vivid Seats. You can get in the building for about 20 bucks right now. Uh, I'm sure you can get some better seats around 50. So, yes, sir. So, play FAU Friday night. This isn't last year's FDU for everybody who knows this. This fairly Dickinson that upset Purdue in the first round and nearly beat FAU in the second round lost its coach and majority of its best players to Iona and then some other they transferred a couple other places. So this is a FDU team that's that struggles that if Illinois is not up by 25 <laughs> by you know the five minute mark of the second half if not halftime. I'm going to be worried that these guys maybe just slept, walk, practice all week. So and they just got dump trucked by Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield just beat them by 23 points on Thursday, Thursday night. So yeah, this is this is this is not this is not Purdue's FDU. Yeah, this is this is a, a DGL night. Like I, there's this dude should be playing the majority of the second half, in my opinion. And they I give think, up a ton of points. This might be a game we hang 100. I mean, hey, look, I'm okay if you let Shannon keep that groove rolling for Northwestern next week. I think um, just some just some fun games for you guys to kind of – what I do is to get my line I fix. Like, I rewatched the Bragging Rights game, Kev, but I actually rewatched last year's Illinois-Northwestern game at home when yeah, Terrence Shannon Jr. Went on, was on fire in the second half and they couldn't stop him. And sincere shut off booze. Boo went nuts on against us in the first half, like 28 in the first half or something like that. Kev, they were up 38 to 19 at half, Northwestern. 
let's not forget that. We were down by 19 at the half, and Illinois came back and won that game. And uh, Sincere Harris's defense was critical. And, uh, you know, Shannon went, went nuts. I think he put up about 30. Uh, but Sincere Harris had a couple big, big baskets. He had that, that fast break tomahawk dunk. If you guys Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was my avatar for a minute. He put it on a big dude from Northwestern. That was awesome. In transition, which was fun. But, yeah, so that's on YouTube if you guys want to watch that. But, uh, yeah, so this Friday night, I'm, I'm thinking, about, man, it would be fun maybe to try to go to that because it's just going to be a fun night where you can just go hang out and not worry about the outcome. And I'm one of those guys. Like, I like to go to games where the, it's, it's cr- crazy, wild. There's some nervousness. But I don't want to go to that top five matchup where I'm freaking eating my nails all game. Like, no, I, they're, they're, yeah. they're, I, I most definitely love those games. Like, I went to the Western Illinois game, and I love those games because I get to see my guy DGL play. I, I get excited about, like, when's Hansberry coming in the game? Yeah, like one of these young guys going to come off the floor, come out, come in the floor, and I want to see what they can do. I want to see what you know Moretti before he got hurt could do. So yeah, that, there's a level of excitement that comes around that. But the only way you can handle that is you got to get out to a big lead and you got to step on these guys' throats early. And I, I think we probably will. Like FDU doesn't defend very well. It seems like they speed teams up. It's a bad thing to do, Illinois right now. Uh, we shoot pretty coast there. And, and did uh, you see real quick before I answer, Sean? Did you see that Brad Underwood wants teams to press them because their efficiency rating? Is through the roof when teams One, do that. 1.7 points per possession when we're pressed. It's one of the tops in the nation. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting for Brad. And Sean, we will. I really would like to do a fade the deuce, honestly, with the before the New Year's Bowls. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, yeah, we could probably get one on. Yeah, we, 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 we got to ask. We got to ask. We got to get Matt. Matt McCumber and see because you know with the New Year's Bowls coming up in the in the. You know the college football playoff games that those are obviously going to be important. I mean that'd be like a New Year's Eve one, but everybody's going to be probably dancing and drinking and who knows, Kev. But yeah, we'll well, I'm 45 years old. I don't celebrate New Year's Eve. I go to bed and wake up into the next year, so I'm more than in for that. Uh, <laughs> we, might, we might do a New Year's Eve one. That, we could probably do that. I can't do it Saturday night because Ryan, I'm unfortunate to tell you, brother, I will be in Jerry World AT and T Stadium watching your boys play the Detroit Lions on Saturday. Night. What? How'd you how'd you get how'd you get that? How'd you so score it's, really, that? it's really it's really pretty cool. So I live in Oklahoma City. It's just a three hour drive down there. I've got my brother in law, my sister in law, and their two kids here. My brother in law is a huge Cowboys fan, so he's taken his seven year old son, my nephew, to the uh, to his first Cowboys game, and I'm just super excited to be with my nephew, who I, I love the kid. He's awesome. He's got all this energy in the world. And to get him yelling up, go Cowboys. And so uh, when he asked me if I wanted to go with him, yeah, absolutely. So, so you're, you're going to get to see Jimmy Johnson inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor too. Oh, is that going on on Saturday night? Yep. That's pretty cool. I really, I mean, I hated Jimmy back in the day as the Bears because like the Bears were, I mean, the Bear, it was like the 49ers, Giants, Bears. And so, that, and then all of a sudden the Cowboys were the upstart. And people don't remember, like in the, in the 80s, like, I mean, yeah, the Bears had more than just 85 Bears. The Bears were the preeminent team in the NFC North. Like, the Bears won the NFC North like seven straight seasons or something. And we lost to the Niners in the playoffs. We lost to the Giants in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, it was upstart Cowboys. Say, hey, the Cowboys. But I'm not a Cowboy hater anymore. I had Cowboy pajamas when I was a kid. So, I was like, I love Roger Staubach. Like, oh, yeah. There we go. I don't like Evan Smith. I like Dak Prescott, though. The Cowboys, the Cowboys just got to get off the schneid. And I think they're going to beat the Lions to do that. I think the Lions are a good team, but they're definitely – if we watch both Bears games, come on, the Bears should have beat them both times. Let's be honest. 
you know, the, the Bears should have beat the Lions both times. They, they should have. Absolutely. So Absolutely. The Lions are very good. at t- They take teams' mistakes. Like Kirby Jones. Much better at home. Yeah. Both of these teams, bad road teams, good home teams. Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep. Um, so that's awesome. But anyway, Kev, uh, I think Illinois over FDU by about 35, I think. We'll see a bunch of Harmon. We'll see a bunch of DGL, a bunch of Hansberry in the second half. This would be a fun one, you guys, to take your family to Friday night if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And let's uh, we'll talk to Matt. Maybe we can get a, a late Sunday afternoon fade the deuce for the college bowl games. Yeah, and, and a little pre, a little preview of Northwestern and Purdue coming up this following week. Yeah, and that's going to be a big one next week. So huge, huge week next week uh, with Northwestern and Purdue. And here's the thing: I was hoping Illinois could be top ten because. I want to set up that one, you know, a top 10 matchup. Illinois needs one of these top 10 teams to lose. And it looks like the best chance for that could be Creighton and Marquette. Creighton goes to Marquette. And while Marquette's tough at home, there seems to be some sort of, I don't know, chemistry thing with Marquette at the moment. They're just not playing well. They got housed at Providence. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're just not meshing and gelling right yeah, now. The dunks are really, the dunks are really tough place to play. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. But there's not really another top 10 team that could possibly lose, in my opinion, over the weekend. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't see Creighton losing that game. I don't see Creighton beating Marquette. Creighton, Creighton's Creighton's. Uh, kind of. I, right. I think Illinois should be in front. I think Illinois right now should be in front of Marquette. I think the way Marquette's played poorly. I think Illinois' resume is actually better considering we've even lost them. I think Illinois' resume is better than probably North Carolina. I think Illinois, uh, you know, I, but but listen, I'm not going to argue about being top 10 because 11's still pretty pretty damn good. And yep. all, like going back to what I said earlier in the show, all the major podcasts, the Rob Dousters, the Jeff Goodmans, the Robbie Hummels, the Gary Parishes, the Matt Norlanders, the Sleepers, all the big national college basketball podcasts, which I do listen to, are all talking about Illinois a lot. A lot. And they should. There's a lot to talk about. Very impressed. Uh, So, yeah. With that said, Kev, it looks like – and Merez Johnson is is kicking ass and taking names in state. Just looking – yeah. So is Chase Butler, guys. I'm, I'm just, man, he is growing on me. Like, I'm watching his film, dude. I'm telling you. I'm about to tell you, dude. I'm telling you. Isn't that a spicy meatball or what? Dude, and 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 I really think we're in a good spot with with, with uh, Jeremiah Fears, right? Um, Jeremiah Fears and Jace Butler together, huh? Yeah. Dude, it is so eerie if you think about it. now. They're not in the same class, and and Fears hasn't committed to Illinois yet. I still think Illinois is in the lead. Ryan and I have resources there that share stuff with us that say Illinois is in the lead there. And pray, and praying for the Fierce family, Jeremy, who got shot um, last week, right? Uh, Jeremiah Fierce was supposed to commit, was supposed to announce on, on January 13th. With what's happened with the family and circumstances, they're delaying his commitment. I still feel Illinois is in the lead there. But what I want to get to is there, Jace Butler is a 6'4 point guard, 6'4, maybe pushing 6'5. He's a uh, phenomenal passer. He's truly a pass-first point guard. Yep. He can he can shoot really well. Jeremiah Fears is a six-one guard, point guard, more wired to score. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like B and Darren? Like I like there's so many similarities between the two of them when I see like who they are and how they play. And 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 remember, Darren wasn't that highly recruited either. I mean, Darren was like a, a top seventy player. 
Um, Jace Butler is criminally underrated, and he'll be a top hundred kid if he's not already. Uh, but man, I'm 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 very excited about what no, this kid's and this might not be professional. Jace Butler's a stud. I want go watch his YouTube clips. Go watch his highlights from his these top tournaments in California every week, weekend and week out. You hear me telling Kev about it. He's been tuning in of the last few weeks and looking at all these guys' his highlights. I'm telling you, he just had another amazing week. Um, he's playing again tonight, and there's another tournament. But he uh, his number here's examples of his numbers like back to back games: twenty three, six, five, and four. You know, 26, 7, 6, and 5. You know what I'm saying? Those are just typical nights for him. You and know, our guy Jaxtis had went for 14, 10 with five assists. Yeah. Five assists for a six, people, 6 11 big man. And people are saying he's maybe he's the best passing big in the state of Illinois. So you got to think too. There's a reason Brad wanted him. Yeah. You know, they're not just like, hey, let's just get another big in there. No, they want a guy who can shoot it, who can see over defenses, and who can pass it. And he'll, he'll be he'll, he'll be a guy that has to earn his way on the floor. He'll be a guy that won't see the floor much next year, and that's okay. No, I think he knows, I think he knows no. that. He need, he needs body by Fletch for probably about two years. <laughs> yeah, but Jace Butler is a dude. I'm telling you, the people who rank all the California players. I was reading a little article on him, and it was like, why was he at just around a top 150 kid? Well, they said it looked at his splits, and it was like he was shooting 30 percent from three and like 55 from the line. His as like a main ball handler, I don't know, trying to score, but as a complimentary player, as the as a like a uh, as as a lead guard, but not necessarily the main point guard on the team. As the secondary scorer, he's been killing it. Like he's not been trying to be the guy. He's like facilitating some, uh, and his three point his percentages have went up past forty. Again, and athletically, he's sneaky as hell. He's crafty around the rim. I love his game. Like, I can see why Chester and the staff is excited about Jace Butler. So, I love the addition. It's funny. He's he's so exciting to me because of where he's ranked and where I think he'll be that I kind of forget that we have a guy who I believe should be a McDonald's All-American coming in, too. So, it's a, it's it's exciting. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. And, you know, listen. Here's the other thing I talked about on some boards, and I know you and I both need to wrap up quickly, is that I've heard this from some of the guys who, who, who you know who have websites who do what we do. Illinois is going to most likely have its third All-American in four years, third first-team All-American in four years. Illinois is providing transfers with opportunities. So Matt Meyer was a sixth guy at Baylor, and he was third-team All-Big Ten at Illinois. Terrence Shannon – was a 10 point a game scorer when he got when he left Texas Tech and he's averaged 17 last year and 21 a game this year. Uh Marcus Damascus showing up on boards. Quincy Garrier earlier asked, is he an NBA guy? I mean, I think people watch that game is like that looks like a three and D guy. I mean he's athletic. He's got lateral quickness. He's six eight. He can shoot the threes. He's got all the things. Transfers are noticed in this that that this is a, the, the, there's there's rumblings coming around from some of the top kids that are going to come into the transfer portal this year that Illinois is a destination now, and so just overall Illinois basketball is in a really really good spot even if we regress a little bit next year because I know fans always like to think about next year but this, yeah. just token this year it's going to be a really good year I think I think I could see us being something like sixteen and four in the Big Ten, um, fifteen oh, somewhere yeah. between fourteen and six and sixteen and four is where I see this team going in the Big Ten and that's going to be a great season. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I think we all understand too. I think it's very clear that the the talent and the cohesion 
and the experience and the depth is there for this team to make a deep March run. So, yeah. Yep. And a lot of guys that, that are going to play their freaking heart out when that time comes because they don't want it because it's going to be their last this one. This is it. This is it. Seniors die hard. Yep. Yep. I'm excited about that too. So, well, that is that your final thought, Kev, or you have anything else? No, I do. I do have a final thought. Sorry. We, we, we move into it. It was just so glorious yesterday. I just had to take and stop and think for it for a moment as I was watching these football games yesterday. And I'm like, it started with Kansas City and Oakland. I'm like, oh, Nick Allegretti on one side, Nate Hobbs on the other. Philadelphia and New York. We got Sidney Brown. We got Tommy DeVito. We got Jihad Ward. The Jets, I mean, Kirby Joseph with two interceptions. There's just, it's just really fun to watch NFL Sundays. And we got guys all over the place and this has been a fairly new phenomenon and i know some of those guys were, were back a couple different regimes specifically jihad ward but it's just been a lot of, you know nick allegretti it's been it's just fun to to watch it because like I, i'll be honest man like i watch a football game between two teams i don't i don't hate nor like like kansas city oakland i'm like i want to cheer for the guy the team that has the illinois player on the field the most so i cheer for oakland because nick hobbs is out there making plays it's just a lot of fun uh, and, you know, obviously our guy Kirby Joseph is just a ball hawk with two interceptions. That was really cool. And it's just, it just makes, it makes watching Tony the NFL Adams on Sundays a lot of fun. What's that? Tony Adams had a pick too. He did. He had a big pick. And uh, Sidney Brown with a big fourth down stop against the Giants, which I know probably pissed you off. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, we, Gi- we were all Giants fans in here with my brother in law the other night. Yeah, were you rooting for the Giants too? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My Bears are out. Why not pull for my brother and my brother in law? Do they know your buddy and co host is a big Cowboy fan? Have you told they them? Do. They do. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, but again, I, I'll second that final thought. But uh, it's been, uh, it's, I'll, I'll use it like this. It's just been really interesting and fun, not just for foot basketball, but football too. Illinois is going to have its second All-American in two years. Yes. And Illinois, basketball, third All-American in four years. It's crazy. Like, think about that. Look around the league and how many teams are getting first-team All-Americans. Not many. Oh, and by the way, can, can we – you know, everybody wants to, to, to give pods his flowers. I got to look the stat line up because it is impressive tonight. Io Io was huge in the fourth quarter as the Bulls beat the Hawks. Yep. Io finished with 19 points tonight, seven rebounds, four assists, three steals, no turnovers, one personal foul. He was plus 11 in the game. The Bulls won by five. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter. He was huge down the stretch for the team tonight. Uh, So I think he was their second lead. No, third lead in score behind DeRozan and Drummond. And And Io has, since Levine has been out, and I think the Bulls are like, Eight and three since Levine's been gone. By the way, note to the Bulls: like he probably, you don't need him anymore. Find another way. Need him. Here's the thing with the Bulls too. While we're on a final thought, most people are Bulls fans. Io's getting. Io has shown what he can do if he gets a chance. That's the bottom line. Like, yeah. When you're giving him ten minutes a game, like, what do you expect him to do? Chickens. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, so like, but when you're getting, when he's gotten more than 20 minutes a game, if you look at his numbers, he's got, he's, I think he's got over double digits almost every game. He yeah. scored. Uh, and he's, he's had 24 point nights, 18 point nights, 19 point nights. Uh, but the thing about him, if you watch him, is the dude plays defense. He actually, he cares. He gets in the lanes. He gives you 110%. To me, he's a guy who needs to be on the floor to me 30 minutes a night. If you're a Bulls fan, 
Hey, anybody, anybody who plays a little fantasy DFS, if you want to play some individual plays, Thursday night the Bulls play the Pacers. Have a little fun with it. Jump in a quick uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, $1, $1 night play. You're going to get Io for cheap. I guarantee Io is going to hang like 35 fantasy points against the Pacers because the Pacers don't guard. Pacers are all about scoring. It's a great opportunity for Io to be out on the open floor. I think he has a big game against the Pacers on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. But uh, with um, that said, um, yeah, they just need to trade Zach Levine. Let's be honest. Yep. You, you trade him, you get something in return that could be valuable for the team. Like, and I don't think it's a high volume scoring guard, to be honest with you. So let, let's do something that could help accent your DeMar DeRozan's, even though Vooch didn't play tonight. What do you think about Drummond being the guy I, in the yeah, I think it might be a better fit for what this team wants to do. Yeah, you don't need I think, a it's, I think this is I think this is Drummond. I mean, not Drummond, DeRozan and Kobe White's team now. Yeah. And I think you let the young guys play. So. Yep. All right. And it looks like uh, Casey Washington's name's popping up in tickers to be in NFL draft, possibly. That's, hey, I'm just going to be honest. What he did the last two or three weeks of the year, super impressive as hell. He, he showed a couple things the past couple of years of the, the ability to run after the catch and maybe make a couple guys miss in the space. What I didn't know he had was that top end speed. Like, I didn't, I mean, th- those yeah, two but, long plays against Northwestern, I'm like, hold, dude, he can, he's got some go. We he's saw got great hands. We saw it up close and personal, but when you yes. rewatch that touchdown on uh, replay of that game, that touchdown he had, the last one where he broke like three or four tackles, there wasn't a better touchdown this year, I don't think. It was, uh, no. So, anywho, with that said, my final thought, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. You Absolutely. might see us before the new year. Uh, we're working on possibly another episode, maybe New Year's Eve. We'll hit you up. Subscribe, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. And we appreciate you here on X. But that said, Kev, anything else? Swap me out. I-L-L. I-N-I. <laughs>